So, feminist icon Gloria Steinem is not a real fan of the Real Housewives franchise. Really? She's, yeah! <laughs> Apparently, she says it portrays women in a really bad light. When I think of feminism, I'm thinking about women not pitting themselves against each other, not fighting. I, I think of how we lift each other up, how we make sure women get equal pay, equal rights, all of those yeah. things. That I, I put them in very different... I actually think of Housewives as the complete opposite. Aren't yeah. people booted off the show every season if they're not, like, dramatic enough? Yes. Or if yeah. they don't yes. give them the storyline they want? I, 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 I don't know, Abby, are they? <laughs> I want to keep this job! I've always wanted to do a podcast with different women who have different points of view. Or just like a show where I force people to talk about the view with me? Is the world flat? Yes. I'll call it Deja the View. I, I never thought about it, Whoopi. Hello, welcome to Deja the View, another exciting episode. Wait, I was told this was Britney's gram. I don't want to be associated with that <laughs> podcast right now. <laughs> What's everyone drinking tonight? Tonight I'm having a glass I... of fantasy by oh, Britney Spears. <laughs> <laughs> tonight I am drinking Tropical Fantasy by Britney Spears. We're joined by our dear friend Sean. Hi. He is part of the Free Britney movement. Mm-hmm. I've read Britney so hard that Urban Outfitters today shipped my special limited edition vinyl of oops i did it again what did you pay for that 25 dollars. oh my god yeah do you know what i bought um i bought femme fatale i think or, or yeah i bought femme fatale on vinyl from urban outfitters and it was in the five dollar sale like category area it's her worst album so i'm not surprised but it's her best album to own on vinyl <laughs> It's French. Maybe you don't know it. <laughs> Femme Fatale is my favorite Britney yeah, album. Yeah, that's a good it's one. It's awful. It's full of like Kesha castoffs. Are you... <laughs> well, that was peak Kesha. Like, why is that bad? And, yeah, that's and Kesha that's like ca- good cast-off. songs. Because Britney Spears is like a trailblazer. Criminal she is... should not be, she should no, not but be those using are somebody good else's. Songs. That was Criminal a... is such but a good song. Criminal is a good song. How I good Roll songs. is a good song. Up and Down or whatever Up and is Down a is good a song. amazing but song. all of the first half of the album... How no. I Roll is like a fake Robin song, which was like post. No, it's a great song. Robin's Body Talk. It was too much. And then it sounds Are like. No, I couldn't agree more. Disagree more. No. Let That's my through. opinion. Let me go through here. I Want to Go. That's like one of her best songs ever. It's okay. This is starting off on such a bad note. Seal it with a kiss. Oh. No. That's boom, literally boom, the best Britney album boom, for me besides boom. Blackout. Yeah. It's it's definitely my second favorite to Blackout. It's nope. crazy how we made a joke about being Britney's Graham <laughs> and then we turned into Britney's Graham. I don't even know if that that was that's like what the podcast is like cuz I only listened to that one episode where they were serial. Yeah. Yeah. And they really got out of hand i didn't told myself i wasn't gonna go there tonight <laughs> so i'm not gonna go there i just want to say in 2019 you should know to give britney her privacy good night i will say this i think that everyone has a really romanticized idea of britney's life and what it could be and i think that that is an unrealistic idea 
based on the last it's like a delusion that people have created for themselves and that that's why tonight reality. i'm drinking delusion by britney spears <laughs> thank you there's probably like five people that don't even know what we're talking about but um and there probably is some truth to it but it's insane to just 10 12 years later forget like what Chris Crocker said, which was leave Britney alone. And like, we mm-hmm. fucked her up so much and we're n- really gonna do this again. You should know better if you truly care about Britney. There's gotta be a better way to go about it. But well, we needed to get that out of the way. <laughs> I'm drinking some red wine and I'm walking on a cloud. Oh, uh, that's. <laughs> I've had the time of my life. And now I'm leaving. <laughs> when I'm with you. Wait, did you see that Eve wore a free Britney shirt on the talk? Yeah, I did. That's all. I saw that and I was like, because she wore it like the day after everything came up. And I thought the view would never do that because remember when the view took two weeks to talk about the Jesse Smollett. Yeah. They're like, we don't do rumors. They're waiting for the facts, but I did see that, um, Megan like liked or like said something about Britney on Twitter. She did, but didn't say it on the view. What did she say? I can't remember. She she just just said that she, uh, thinks Patel is the best Britney album. Yes. And, oh, that she hopes that the people around Britney are taking care of her and that they are like supporting her. And she hopes for the best for Britney. Yeah. Yeah. And Same. she also said Femme Fatale is the worst Britney album. She said, I love Femme Fatale and Gasoline should have been a single. But you know what, Kevin? The world keeps moving and we keep moving with it. And that's what makes life so beautiful. <laughs> and the insert clip of Britney saying that. Ultimately, we all know how to laugh. We know how to cry. We know how to be held tight. We know how to love back. We all know heartbreak. But the world keeps moving, and we keep moving with it, and everything we experience makes us realize how beautiful life really is. Maybe now's a good time to bring up uh, my review of Elizabeth Hasselbeck's point of view. So the big takeaway for me, I don't know if you, I don't think you read this part, because (laughs) I, the last time I saw you, you were eyes closed, slack jawed. (laughs) With a book precariously dangling off your knee on the AC train <laughs> straight to Brooklyn. And I, so I know that you didn't read that book, but I read that book as part of my job <laughs> as the Deja the View pod intern, intern. unpaid intern, unpaid intern who um, actually didn't have that in his job description, but was like trying to get a promotion. (laughs) And I suffered through that whole book and what an experience. Okay. So the, the thing, the takeaway for me from that book, which Mm -hmm. um, is trash and says nothing is that there's one good chapter. It says nothing. It says nothing. It says nothing. She just says nothing about anything. So you just, you think the Bible's nothing. (laughs) Yes. No, what we're not going to do here <laughs> is say the Bible's nothing. So 
As we know, I am a big Survivor fan, big Survivor of the Australian Outback fan. Yeah. That's why I love Elizabeth. And I was really excited to read her chapter about Survivor because she has specifically shied away from talking about it mm-hmm. on The View and, and since Ev- being on any, Survivor. Yeah, Ever. anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere. All of a sudden, she's opening up. So I read the, like, that was the first yeah, chapter I went looking to. looking for the whole truth. And I also wanted to know about Survivor of the Australian Outback. Uh-huh. So I read that chapter. Nothing. Like, nothing. No. Um, so the chapter is Surviving Survivor. Uh, it talks about her going out to the Outback and her so relationship her that she formed with Roger, who was the sort of the man. older man Roger that Ailes? was her friend. Old man. Different Roger. She would befriend him in a different way later on. That's my own speculation. Allegedly, I have a legal note. Mm-hmm. So anyways, that's fine. So then I went back to read the whole book and it turns out there's a whole lot more Survivor hidden in this book. The whole chapter before that is about her auditioning for Survivor and it's really interesting. And so it walks through her audition process and all of the interviews she had to go through. And then it goes through this like mind fuck game that they played on the contestants, which was that they told them they were going to have to parachute out of the plane into the outback and they had to go to parachute school. They had to go to like jump school. So they said to Elizabeth, you're in like the final like 20 potential um, uh, contestants and you have to go to this jump school that's near your place. Was it like a mind game? Like people who said that they wouldn't do it immediately got eliminated? It's not 100% clear. I think that actually... I think, you know, they were like, oh, if you're not willing to trust us yeah. on this, we can't trust you to do everything for the show. That's sort of how it's pitched in Elizabeth's okay. book. In reality, I think that they actually had intended them to parachute <laughs> from the plane. And then CBS was like, we can't do as that. As we know, yeah. as I know, they didn't parachute yeah. from a plane in season two. Um, but she went to this jump school and she yeah. had to like learn how to jump from a plane. She had to learn about her parachute. And she twisted this in a way to like retroactively make this about like trusting God and yeah. whatever, right? J- jumping from a plane. Yeah. Um, in the end, she was like ready to jump from the plane. She was in the plane. Like the way she describes it, she's in the plane. The plane is in the air. She's ready to jump out of it. She's breathing the hot, she, God's hot breath. She's taking several she's feeling inhales. feeling the wind of God beneath her wings. Yeah. <laughs> and the hot wind. she believes that at this point, she believes she's jumped. But she hasn't. Somebody has grabbed her and pulled her back into the plane. And she's sort of disoriented. And then they're like, they just phoned us. They said no jumping. And so they land. And she gets sent home. No. And she's told, you've made it. So she is saying that she began jumping out of a plane. And someone literally grabbed her, pulled her back in. And they said, we're not doing it anymore. Yep, that's her story. It's cut. That's her story. Now, this checks out a little bit historically because Tina Wesson, who won Survivor Australian Outback, uh-huh. um, actually was not in the final cast. She was an alternate, and uh, she only got put in the cast because the person who was in her place refused to jump. So everybody had so, to do yeah, this. Yeah, so what we just said is probably true. Everyone who was like, Oh, I'll do it for sure. I trust you guys and I'll, I'm willing to do anything. They got put in the cast. And yeah. everyone who was like, I'm not doing it, got nixed. Yeah. Now, like the question is, did were they actually intending to jump? I suspect maybe they were, but then they were like, eh, we can't get the insurance. But for did that it literally happen in that second while they were on the plane? Well, it feels no. like a spicy edit. No, like I don't like trust dra- anything that Elizabeth That's a spicy said. edit. Yeah. yeah. 
The other thing about Elizabeth's book is that her chapter on her two chapters on the View, which are like officially on the View because they're titled after the View, mm-hmm. um, surviving hot topics, surviving and, Rosie, and not surviving the View. Um, don't mention Rosie. They don't mention any fights whatsoever. They don't mention really uh, any. You know, you know, this big story came out about her uh, backstage meltdown yeah. on the day that they were talking about the um, Plan B pill. She doesn't mention any of that, despite knowing that it was coming out in a book um, that was coming out at the same time as yeah. her book. So it it's really just fluff, and it's just about being on TV and how all of that played out for her personal life and her family life and stuff. Fine. In later chapters, she does reference it, and she does reference the Rosie fight, um, not directly, but she talks about when she went to the White House um, dinner for, it was like a reception for Queen Elizabeth II, who was coming to... Okay. <laughs> that's... Thank yeah. you. No, oh, my no, no. oh, my God. That's an important lot of, like, what? In my opinion, there's a lot of fake shit in this book, and that could have been one of it, but I just want to make this clear. This happened. So she went... Like, how old is she? Oh, my God. How went, old is she really, though? <laughs> she went to that White House. She So she tells this story about how her and Tim were, like, so overwhelmed with everything going on at the White House and was so fancy. And she said that there were people at the doorways of each individual room that when you walked in, they announced who you were. So they would walk through the, the doorway and they would be like, Elizabeth and Tim Hasselbeck. <laughs> and they thought that was hilarious. So they just kept walking back and forth through the doorway to see how many times he'd announce it. Like dicks, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, And that one of those times... Uh, this like military person walked up to her and like in, in his full regalia and stopped her. And she thought she was getting in trouble for doing that. But actually what he was doing was coming up to her to be like, I just want to thank you for su- defending and supporting the troops on the view. And she references that that meant a lot to her because recently she had had a big bust up on the view about supporting the troops. So I assume that's the Rosie. Fight. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's all that it gets. That's all we're getting. Um, and so that's that. Like, honestly, the last few chapters I skimmed <laughs> because we, it was all Jesus all We the talked time. about this, like, when we first came back from New York about how her book, it's her own retelling of things that we already know. Through as God's if goggles. she's always been wearing God goggles. Yeah. Through God's goggles, her story will be told. <laughs> So that's that. And if I had to pick one book to read uh, between Ladies Who Punch and Elizabeth Hasselbeck's point of view, I would pick um, point of view just for the survivor chapter. Yeah. If you were on a if you were stuck on a desert island and you had to pick one of the view co-host books or books about the view. And that was the only book you had. What book would you pick? Audition. <laughs> I would pick um, Kind is a New Classy by Candace Cameron Bray. <laughs> I would pick Elizabeth Hasselbeck's book because I have a problem with um, not being able to fall asleep. <laughs> and I think if I was by myself on an island, I would especially have a really bad problem with <laughs> insomnia. <laughs> so for me, it would just help me with that. Mm. 
Well, I know we have a ban on Jedediah Bila on this podcast, but <laughs> I felt like I could share some news with what's going on with her as she has been named the permanent weekend co-host of Fox and Friends, meaning she is now the Paula Ferris of Fox and Friends. <laughs> I was going to say, being named the permanent weekend host of Fox and Friends is like being named the social media intern of Tisha the Beatles. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> um, she's I'm going to be changing the is, password after this. <laughs> the pay is probably about the same. <laughs> <laughs> the clout. Yeah. <laughs> I think I have more clout at Deja the View to be honest. Um, this is the least surprising news ever because I thought she already was the weekend host. Of I she thought Fox she was Friends. a permanent weekday host of no, Fox and Friends. She's been no, she's been bouncing around from every show. She's been doing the Greg Gottfield show. She's been doing panel shows, and she's been doing Fox and Friends. And they finally just decided to give her a salary, I guess, which is like. It's it's just funny because like that's she's already had this journey like that's what she was doing at Fox and then she finally was like given the view and then she had to go back to like doing this yeah, at Fox. It was a then, lateral move. Yeah. And I guess like all you have to do is sell your soul and <laughs> pretend that you love Trump or start telling the truth that you love Trump and you can get a gig. Since you brought up Deja the View pod Twitter account. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that really turned me against Jedediah Bila was her tweets. And it was like, not just, um, I mean, the thing that really turned me against her was her tweets during the Kavanaugh hearings. Oh yeah. Um, which were horrendous, but it was like every day she's on this awful view takeoff show on Fox called the five where she's the only woman. And so it's like, it's like the upside down version of the view. Mm-hmm. And and she's the uh, Mario Cantone. <laughs> yeah. And every single day, it airs at like four or five or something. Every single day, she's like, tune into the five. Like every day, just that tweet with at the five. And it just drives me nuts. And I always want to reply, I'm good, love. <laughs> but I don't. Maybe I'm going to start doing that. You know, like Megan Amran does like. Yeah. Daily today is Donald the Trump day that tweet. Donald Trump finally became president. I think every day I'm going to tweet at Jedediah Bila. I'm good love until she blocks us. Well, here's some of the things that may have gotten her the permanent gig. Um, one, she was part of a viral uh, moment on Twitter after f- she was hosting Fox and Friends and they added a lower third that said Trump cuts U.S. aid to three Mexican countries. Oh, my God. She was really defensive about that on Twitter, too. What was her defense? Was I telling you for the first? Did you just? Yeah, I oh, didn't okay. know about that. I'm not on. I don't. Not I couldn't tell on. if you were just like, oh, that was so upsetting. No, I don't or if you like didn't Twitter know. Anymore. Oh, yeah. That I was a to, big moment. I think that I might have act actually blocked her because I almost never see anything <laughs> related to her on Twitter anymore. Yeah, she had a moment and she did respond. She said, it was a Chiron error, which Ed did correct and apologize for on air. Maybe listen to what Pete actually said while the Chiron error was up. Of course, I realize this is all clickbait nonsense, but came, but come on already. 
Your entire network is literally clickbait nonsense. Yeah, your whole network is a Chiron error. <laughs> um, Her name is a Chiron error. <laughs> <laughs> she all so she's been thriving at Fox. She also had another uh, viral moment where they were mocking a, a Democratic presidential candidate, Eric Swalwell. Uh, because he said on Twitter, one dollar could buy you half a bag of chips or it could save us from a crumbling government. How will you spend yours? And she and her friends from Fox and friends each opened up a bag of chips and ate the chips. My, my son Boone, it's a 60% of his diet are Lay's classic potato chips. And as my forever contrast to, to mm. Pete Hexeth, I have the avocado oil sea salt potato chips. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping up with the contrast. These are delicious, though. So, yeah. so I think a we're going to take a bag the of chips. chips or Eric and Swalwell. Someone got a new haircut. Can you guess who? Sonny? Rosie O'Donnell. Oh, oh yeah. my God. Yes. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Rosie Warhol O'Donnell <laughs> is looking snatched to the gods, but also a lot like my mom. <laughs> Would you like to know why? Why she has that haircut? Yes. Well, from Ask Ro, um, I learned that she was cutting it for a role. And it has now been revealed that she is starring in an HBO miniseries based on the book I Know This Much Is True which was one of Oprah's book club club selections. What is it about? Like, what's her character? Um, Because based on the haircut, I would only assume that she's playing like, you know, like that movie where they had a bunch of actors playing Bob Dylan. (laughs) In my mind, it's that movie, but it's a bunch of actors playing Andy Warhol. And it's like Kate Blanchett, Rosie O'Donnell. Okay. Well, it's according to this (laughs) article. (laughs) According to this article, it's based on Wally Lamb's 1998 novel, um, and it follows the parallel lives of identical twin brothers Dominic and Thomas, played by both played by Mark Ruffalo, and it's an epic story of betrayal, sacrifice, and forgiveness set against the backdrop of 20th century America. Rosie will be playing. Uh, Lisa Sheffer, a social worker at the Hatch Forensic Institute where Mark Ruffalo's staying. <laughs> so, so she's like basically an Avenger. She's in the next <laughs> Avengers movie is what you're telling me. Yeah. Great. I'm so Emmy. happy for her. The haircut's cute. Following in the footsteps of Annette Benning. <laughs> I'm just happy that she's doing more acting. Um, she's also starting a podcast. According She's to Ask Ro, for those who, <laughs> so for those who follow Ask Ro closely, mm-hmm. she claims to be starting a podcast. No details, as we know, she's very brief with her responses to questions, but she says it's going to happen eventually. She already kind of had a pod. That serious radio show that she had was basically a podcast. And the amount that she goes live on Instagram is like basically like having a podcast. She went live from the Game of Thrones season eight premiere red carpet. Oh my God. I think I was like the only person who <laughs> saw that Katie Couric commented on it and said, 
hey rosie what are you doing (laughs) (laughs) because for like 20 minutes no because for so long it was unclear and i thought that it was like an accidental like a pocket dial went live because it was like blurry and there was like she didn't talk to the camera for the longest time and i was like oh my god she's like accidentally revealing something or like gonna do something then she was just like oh hey yeah i'm at the premiere uh, my friend's the producer she got us tickets <laughs> and that was it and then she and then i saw in getty images like photos of her on the carpet holding her phone <laughs> with like the instagram live screen and i was like there i am that's me that's there my comment yeah. oh my god you're like in the picture basically I'm like basically on getty images now it's crazy <laughs> sunny hostin has a new show on discovery yes marie <laughs> what <laughs> yes sunny is going to be hosting and executive producing a new show called the whole truth with sunny hostin she's Sunny hosting it herself. around America interviewing people about glory holes. <laughs> <laughs> That's very close. It's a six episode documentary series that will show uh, Sunny traveling to various parts of the United States to explore the stories behind some of the nation's most notorious homicides. <laughs> she says she's That's so not funny. <laughs> it's not close to what I said at all. <laughs> Um, Why is it called the whole truth? (laughs) (laughs) Because it's the series is going to be focusing on the victims instead of glorifying the killers. (laughs) So I hope you guys are happy with (laughs) everything you had to say. Well, I don't regret anything and I'd say it again, but... I'm worried because I just don't like, I don't like the view co-hosts that I like getting side projects. It makes Mm -hmm. me, gets my back up a little bit because I worry about what she knows about her future or what she feels about her future at the table. I hope she's secure and I feel she should be secure because she's a beloved co-host in my opinion. Um, and if she if she has time and wants to do these side projects as like a serious journalist, then great. But like, mm-hmm. it just makes me worried. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I am excited for it though. It's it sounds like a Lisa Ling project, mm-hmm. but with a Sunny Hostin. Yeah, flair. like a Barbara Walters even yeah. type project. And she yeah. deserves stuff like that. Yeah. She's earned it. Um, but yeah, that kind of brings me to the next update which is actually kind of a cold topic at this point, but the view was parried parodied on Saturday night live mm-hmm. very recently. And Sonny Hostin was not part of the skit. That's what I was thinking. Like when you were saying that you don't like when something takes them away from the view, she is already sensitive about not being on SNL because she was like, I wasn't gone that episode. Mm-hmm. I wasn't off work <laughs> that day. Like, She's only opening up more days for her to not be on SNL. Yeah. Yeah. But why do you guys think Sunny wasn't part of the skit? Because I have an idea about it. I think that she isn't an easy caricature. Like, I think that she is, like, a really likable but also, like, serious journalist. And she doesn't really have, like, a shtick that 
to someone who isn't a fan of the view who just has to like look at the scene and analyze it and write caricatures of them it's not like an obvious thing but i kind of disagree with this if that's the angle we're taking because they included Abby as a character, and Abby is l- a literal cardboard. Abby is, of a but person. this, but, but I think it's Abby, easy to make fun of like pregnant lady. Yeah, it's yeah. much easier to make fun of Abby. This is what I think it is. It's it's literally just that Anna Navarro is so like she needs to be like a re- she needs to be like on Weekend Update as like a reoccurring yeah. person. She's just Agreed. so easy to make fun of, and they just were like, one's gotta go. We haven't written anything. The skit's really about uh, Joy and Megan. And they were just like, we'll have to cut Sunny in order to have Anna. I also think that they like didn't have a a player who could do Sunny. Who like. They they do. Who? They have a new girl that is like, she could easily be Sunny. Um, But. (laughs) I just. Right now I feel. My first thought was they literally don't have like a black person they have a black person they have two black people then i then it must honestly i think they just were like she's not a character like i don't think that the people who wrote it watch the view every day and like know what sunny's like lines are and so they were just like we yeah. don't know she has nothing that we can like immediately play but on. i think but that sunny the- does have so much to do and like joy brought, talked about this on the show right that yeah. sunny does have these little quips but even just being even to somebody who doesn't watch the view every single day just knowing that sunny is the lawyer and is always bringing that angle to it i think like i don't think the, they know that though yeah, i think also, you're giving them too much credit <laughs> yeah and i also don't think that like um uh, i think it's a, almost a compliment to sunny because like yeah, she too. is the best panelist on the view and she maybe it means that she's not as easily like joked about from someone who doesn't watch it every day yeah but it's like she it's because she's like is saying the correct thing. Yeah, she's not a caricature because she always like fact checks people and yeah. like puts them in their place respectfully. Um so if you were watching Saturday Night Live and you also follow us on Twitter, you may have seen something and then thought about it and then maybe said something. Okay. You're demonizing entire countries full of nice people. Okay, I, I did not say well, that. Can you, well, you let me finish? Well, can you let me talk? Well, can you let me, fit? Well, can you let me talk? Let me because it's actually your job to listen to me. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. No, stop it. Stop it. We're not going to do this. And I just have one question for you, Sean, is mm-hmm. how does it feel to possibly be writing for SNL? Well, <laughs> at this point, um, I, I also once did a tweet about how the chair next to Whoopi makes you pregnant. And then like, I don't know, a week later, The View talked about it as a hot topic. True. Then I did this joke about Joy and Megan's big fight. Um, where Megan said, part of your job is to listen to me. And I said it to dramatic music. Um, and then all of a sudden SNL comes out and sets that fight to dramatic music, um, which is not a joke I saw anywhere else. No. And so anyways, I'm currently updating my LinkedIn. <laughs> I'm a producer and writer at The View and SNL mm-hmm. and I'm available. 
Yeah, like, I think it's the exact same joke in the exact same context. Yeah, it was really weird. It wouldn't be crazy for someone to see that on Twitter. Like, what was, to me, what was, like, really funny is that the joke that, like, the video that Sean made is really funny when you, like, see it on Twitter in a video form. It was, like, less, it was somehow less funny when people were, like, acting it out because the whole point is that it's, like, edited really funny. So when they were just acting it out, it was, like, not as funny. And that's what made me think that they owe you money. (laughs) That's actually what I thought about the entire View skit on SNL was that each of the little moments that they did and they only really i mean the joke was mm-hmm. the the fight between megan and joy um and for a long skit that was like a very brief payoff mm-hmm. um but even the like anna navarro joke and the whoopee jokes were just recycled memes yeah um they're memes that we've seen, you know the anna navarro joke was essentially the power that that has right it was just yeah. like her yeah. lists um the meme is funnier right yeah like all of always the meme is funnier and so I, I don't know whether there's like any way that you can get around that because by by writing caricatures of these people you're just pulling on things but the internet has already done it no matter yeah. what happens the internet is going to already have done it i will say that leslie jones's whoopee impression was so much better than evie oddly's <laughs> and that was on good drag enough race. for me yeah um it's weird also just since you brought up Drag Race that we have now had uh, Miss Vanjie portraying Rosie mm-hmm. and Evie doing Whoopi mm-hmm. in the same season along with Silky Ganache doing Star Jones <laughs> in every episode. Every day. Well, those are my view updates, but let's talk about some spicy moments. One of which happened when a senator came to visit the view and his name was Mike Lee. Is he any relation to Chun Li? <laughs> Is he any relation to Sarah Lee? <laughs> so, does that? Did anyone know who Mike Lee was before watching The View? Not likely. <laughs> I didn't know him by name, but I had seen on Twitter that he did that ridiculous presentation. His claim to fame is that he used his time in the Senate to do a 13-minute presentation about the Green New Deal where he just acted like... He tried to do jokes, but it came across as like a high school at like student council election. Mm-hmm. So he was doing a PowerPoint presentation, but it was with large physical printed printouts out. on an easel which like some idiot intern had to yeah of change. like star Pre, wars pre-written jokes but not like not even like cute in an anna navarro way right. they were jokes from the era of the internet when like um chuck norris memes were a thing yes. yeah they reminded me of like george carlin joke setups <laughs> you know so just like laughing in the face of the green new deal and laughing in the face of climate change and wasting time in the government yeah in the united states these images are from the indispensable documentary film sharknado 4 governor herbert bravely fought the animal off with the tennis racket that he keeps by his desk precisely for occasions such as this. The solution to so many of our problems at all times 
and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. So he comes on The View, and this turns out to be one of Abby's closest, most personal friends. So I've known you since I was in high school. You met all my terrible boyfriends. That tells you a lot. This is someone that Abby loves. Tells you loves. Where, how deep this interview is going to go. Yeah. <laughs> First, they came out, came out asking about the Mueller report and whether if Republicans, if the, if, or if the, if it was reversed and it was a Democrat president and Republicans were the ones like re- reading all of this, how would they feel? And then it's sort of like, flipped a little bit for a moment when Joy tried to relate it to Bill Clinton's um, attempted Im- impeachment yeah. um, mm-hmm. in the 90s. Well, Look, the Republicans wanted, they impeached uh, President Clinton because he had a sex... But that didn't end yes. well for sex them either. escapade. And, and how did that work out for them? Uh, it, that, that didn't work out well for the Republican Party. It didn't work out well for the country. It perhaps satisfied a momentary impulse at the moment. But I don't think anyone emerged from that as this a This is worse than that. that. That was just sex. This is obstruction of justice. This is about the Constitution. This is about collaborating with the Russians. I thought President Russians. Clinton lied under oath. And she's like, let's call a spade a spade. So she was like trying to kind of do that. And Megan was like, well, I'm interested in hearing what the senator has to say. Actually, I would rather hear what the senator has to say. <laughs> Joy, as Megan's continued to speak to the senator, Joy kept going, huh. Huh? Huh? <laughs> right. Oh, that's what. That's what he the did. charge was. Well, yeah. but the, as I said oath. before, Mueller didn't put him on the on the stand so that he could lie under oath. If, if you don't you mind, would... I'm more interested yeah. in hearing what Senator Lee has to say on this. If that's okay, I will say <laughs> that there's a reason why um, only Julian Castro <laughs> and Elizabeth Warren have officially come out for impeachment. <laughs> <laughs> it went on for so long. Like he's even answering still, and she's like, <laughs> <laughs> "You said." Sean said that it was like Lorraine from Mad TV. (laughs) Yeah, and like, it's just silly because the amount of times that Megan has ranted on a guest in an interview is astronomical. And like, that's fun. I like seeing that sometimes. But like, we're being a little hypocritical here if Joy can't also just rant on yeah. a guest. And also, that was the only... I mean, okay, there was there was good moments in the interview in terms of, like, Sunny raking him over the coals with just the tone of her voice. Yeah. But it was really the only moment of interaction in the interview that was compelling at all because this guy is such a dud and a loser and, like, the definition of, like, white mediocrity that... It's like uh, he he has absolutely no stage presence or personality and is mm-hmm. not interesting and is yeah. also like a proven idiot. And so this little back and forth about yeah. that the joy was doing spontaneously was the best television that yeah, yeah. they could Although, get. Although, yeah, as you did mention, Sonny did try to rake him over the coals she over climate yeah. change. Like a, a problem that needs to be handled, scientists say, within 11 years. So you think by having more babies... Those babies in 11 years are going to be smart enough to solve 
the climate change problems? <laughs> Certainly not, although those would be uh, prodigy babies if that happened. <laughs> right. I, I reject so the premise that we've got only 11 years. So I you reject, reject the science? I, I reject the premise that we have only 11 years. When he put the babies up when, during his speech, yeah. like his original speech in the Senate, he was responding to AOC's uh controversial statement that was like I think people should be questioning whether yeah. or not they should have babies and it was like two days or a day after that so he had like print found like Google Stock image search yeah. babies and then had it and somebody print of babies paid a Celine Dion Celine Dion portrait of babies and and since then has sort of just like he just made that up on the yeah. fly because the and it point, started as a joke and now that's literally his policy or like what he's suggesting well that's what he's saying in interviews but the whole point is that he's basing this on a rhetorical or like hypothetical situation because mm -hmm. he actually doesn't believe in climate change and he yeah. says in the interview like um let's assume climate change exists and let's assume that um it's man-made 11 years but he's like yeah. but let's that's an assumption and to even say that just yeah. points to the fact that actually what he's doing is just having this conversation so he can get his zing quote-unquote zingers out <laughs> which are like pathetic also if anyone has seen a picture of him or seen his speech like this is an example of like when the balding gets that bad just shave it <laughs> the other spicy moment that must be addressed <laughs> was also related to the Mueller report. This one was about how the Mueller report says that there was no collusion, that no Americans colluded. And some people are taking that at face value. Like Megan is taking that at face value. She said multiple times this week. Other people are like, of course there was collusion. Like this is like a lie. Rudy Giuliani is taking like a weird stance where he's like, even if there was collusion, <laughs> what's bad about that? What's illegal about receiving information? Anyone who's president would accept information from a foreign government. Yes. And he was on CNN saying that. And the hot topic was like their response to that CNN interview. Mm -hmm. He said like anyone would take information from a foreign government and the CNN interviewer was like from a hostile like like foreign government you would take the information and yeah. he was like yeah i mean yeah depends. of course it depends like you gotta know where it's coming from and whoopi <laughs> whoopi's question to the group was anyone know what he's saying <laughs> <laughs> megan weighs in last and she says okay so trump is the worst president in the world the world in the history <laughs> in all three mexican countries <laughs> all of this awful stuff so then why are we so worried about him winning the election in 2020 like shouldn't it be a done deal that he's going to lose since he's so awful and we all hate him why are you guys worried this is just a nail in the coffin because and we're afraid the russians over. will steal the election again but to me that sounds that's irrational not. that's an irrational answer to this question i just presented in front of you democrats what is, is my the friend what's the rational what's answer the rational is you know, the same us. thing i said on the same thing i said when i left is that unfortunately for democrats you got to get out there and win over the voters you lost in the middle of do? the country the question is what are republicans going to do thank you for about clapping whoever behavior. that is what by the way my one fan ma'am thank you what is the republican party three over there i think the better question and then she kept going. And she kept going. <laughs> kept and going. going. And going. 
What is the Republican Party going to do about this president's speech? So I always Nothing. took Trump seriously. I always did. I was. You can go back and check the receipts. And when I worked at Fox and when I worked on my radio show, I always took Trump seriously. This mess that we all got ourselves into, I blame the left as much as I blame the right. And the demonizing of all conservatives in this country, all Trump supporters in every way, you're getting him reelected. And to say that all Republicans are bad and all Republicans have to hold the speech Republicans fire, in leadership there are some position, decisions he's about. made, there are some decisions Trump's made that aren't the end of the world that Republicans support, including the Supreme yeah, like Court. Tax and I'm sorry, but I'm what sorry if that... This behavior? I'm sorry. It came out that there is nothing that collude that he didn't collude. I, I'm no, sorry. No, it's not I accepted true. the Magnitsky Award in London on behalf of my father. I'm someone who has, for a long time, been speaking out about Russia. And by the way, eleven so did, let me finish. So did Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney instances. said, "Then you got no problems. Then he's going to be out of office, and Republicans are just crap, and it doesn't matter." And I haven't seen this, but like I've never seen this happen before where instead of Whoopi just like being like, okay, 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 enough, we gotta go to break. Instead of even doing that, she whispered, like mouthed into the camera, we gotta go to break, we'll be right back. It seems like Whoopi has come back from her stint with pneumonia and been like, you know what? I don't have the energy to deal with this. Mm -hmm. So I'm just gonna like, do my best it does seem like she's being a little harder on her girls she's like I learn think, something I from think this so. and i think that and again maybe this is like me thinking it but i think that like there's been a lot of comments online about people being like whoopie's letting megan get away with like murder or like whoopie lets megan say whatever and like now she's like no we're going to be better by me being more of like a hard moderator. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. It sounds like hot topics. <laughs> Rojo Caliente. <laughs> it must be hot topics. <laughs> there have been almost all of the Democratic candidates on The View. They've been talking about them a lot. They were talking. I don't think Bernie Sanders has been on. Has he yet? He was on. <laughs> I stand corrected. Oh, I'm getting a legal note. <laughs> he was on. Um, but they so they were talking about how he he made his stance on incarcerated people voting very clear. He said that he thinks that people who have been incarcerated should be able to vote. I like as a I don't actually know what the laws are in Canada, but I didn't think that that was that like radical of a sentiment, but it made really big news. Well, let me tell you. Go for it. People who are in prison can vote in Canada. Okay, so that probably fine. explains why I was like, "What?" Like And like most um huge debates in America in Canada, it's fine. Not even it's a, a non-issue. We've a dealt non with this already. And I think that that also speaks to like the amount of people that we have in prison versus the amount of people incarcerated in America. It's like if the if the amount of people incarcerated is going to sway the vote, maybe you need to look at how many people you have maybe in you prisons. need to examine your prison industrial yeah maybe complex. you need to see it and think about it and say something yeah so at cnn's town hall the mm -hmm. first town hall including most of the democratic primary candidates 
Bernie uh, said a Harvard student got up and asked indignantly whether or not inmates should be able to vote Mm -hmm. and Bernie kind of like smirked and was like well yeah of course and in my home state of Vermont they are Mm -hmm. allowed to vote Mm -hmm. Um, and this is not that big of an issue and it should be a right guaranteed to all Americans incarcerated Mm -hmm. or not to vote and other candidates were asked the same question Um, Kamala Harris said she has to think more about it and have mm-hmm. a little conversation yes. with America. Because if you ask one of them, then you have to ask all of them. She needs to go home and ask Tina what she thinks. Oh, sorry. I got confused with her and Bette Porter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's so, that is so true. And I, I think I felt a familiar familiarity with her. Yeah. That didn't make sense to me. Jennifer Beals playing Bette Porter in The L Word. That's Kamala Harris. Wow. Anyway, (laughs) she Um, was like, I need to go and ask Tina and my sister Kit about what she thinks. Um, Which was not good enough for Megan, she said. But Pete Buttigieg said, no, they should not have the right to vote. And I thought that was interesting because um, gay Twitter... (laughs) Um, mm. Turned on him. Well, yeah. they've been turning on him slowly. Um, the and military this... thing. So Pete Buttigieg <laughs> has really sort of uh, emerged as a centrist candidate yeah. in recent weeks. And I think much to the delight of people like Meghan McCain, who's looking for a centrist Democrat. And Abby, to vote who's for. like in love with him. Abby, who's got. Now like, we said it. <laughs> But now we said it, so let's just talk about it. (laughs) She's in love with him. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like Abby's twins, if they're boys, I don't know what they are. Do we know what they are? She's going to name one of them Pete and one of them Booty. Yeah. I feel like both of them are going to come out looking exactly like Pete Buttigieg with the same haircut and like suit and tie. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he's been to the view twice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, people um, on the left are getting a little fed up with Pete Buttigieg because he's turning out to be the cis white gay that we knew he was. Yeah, he seems to be playing to the crowd of people who voted for Trump because they weren't happy, because they didn't want to vote for Hillary. Mm -hmm. Like, he seems to be playing to that center crowd that only voted for Trump because they hated Hillary, and he's really playing up that, like, He's really just playing up the like that. That's his scooping him up. He's scooping him up. He's scooping him up. He's like, I love the military and I love prison. He's very. <laughs> but like, I'm also he, socially like I'm like I'm gay, so it's yes, fine. Yes. Yeah. He's like I'm a gay who loves the status quo. Vote yeah. for me. Hmm. Um. So, anyways, they they decide to like talk about this on the View. Do you think? incarcerated people should have the right to vote mm-hmm. in the United States of America. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yes. And, yeah. it, and the problem with the conversation on the view is that it turned into, well, should people who are incarcerated because they've attempted or committed acts of terrorism be able to vote? Well, the answer is yes. Well, what you do can't you mean? have it both how, ways. Like how did that happen? Sean, <laughs> how did they get to that? Well, they got to it because 
Because that's how this like entitled little brat from Harvard who asked Bernie the question said, even the Boston bomber. I and have so, a name. <laughs> <laughs> so Megan, uh, Megan described her sleeping patterns that night and yeah. was like, I had to get up really early mornings. I couldn't sleep. And I checked Twitter and I saw that Bernie said this and it just disturbed me so much. It disturbed me so much. I just couldn't get over it. It really disturbed me because how can we let a terrorist vote in this country? And, you know, I think that like, I understand the knee jerk response uh-huh. of being like, we shouldn't let people who um, are, attacking our democracy participate in that democracy i understand the knee-jerk response but when you actually sit down and think about what this means how many people are incarcerated for acts of terrorism like five that's the problem with her own what she even said because she was like we're not talking about people who have been incarcerated on on charges for having weed for like selling a a small amount of weed or for being arrested with a small amount of weed on them that's not what we're talking about it's like but so what are you gonna do like you're gonna go through the list and be like oh all of these people can vote and then these two people in the prison can't vote it's like that's the whole that's the whole that's like why that's why it has to be like everyone votes or no one votes because it you can't just you then when it gets into like how do we determine like the severity of yeah. crimes based on exactly. having rights or not having it's just and the like you said like the amount of people who are in prison for terrorism charges out of the amount of people who are in prison in the United States is like very small yeah um and so it's not fair to be like they're pledging allegiance to or like against America so they're not allowed to vote and then everyone else also can't vote. In Canada, it was actually a man named Richard Suave, <laughs> who was a former member of the Satan's Choice Motorcycle Club. Mm. <laughs> and <laughs> any relation to Sophie's Choice? <laughs> um, and he was serving a life sentence for first degree murder. Mm-hmm. And he was the man that challenged the law in Canada that led to, and this is a murderer that was like, well, Hey, here, I yeah. should have right to vote. And here's the thing. I think that I, I think I saw this on Twitter where someone was like, Oh my God. Like obviously being sarcastic, being like, God forbid we give the, the prisoners a right to vote. They'll vote for the person who is like, making murder legal it's like yeah like that's the thing is like what do you think the worst that is going to happen like there isn't someone running on a platform being like let's release everyone let's make murder legal it's like that's not happening so what is the big deal well i'll tell you what the big deal is republicans don't want this because republicans are invested in the prison industrial complex yeah because the majority of people who are imprisoned are poor black brown Mm. people who traditionally do not vote Republican. And that's why you can't just do it state by state because certain states are more conservative leaning and certain states are more liberal leaning. So you can't just be like, we're going to deny this like probably liberal portion of the population to not be able to vote. Yeah. But back to my um, history lesson that I was giving. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) some people argued that in Canada that taking away the prisoners right to vote was a reasonable violation of the charter given that they were irresponsible, uninformed, and simply undeserving. But 
prisoners are probably in some cases more informed because what else do they have to do but like watch TV <laughs> and read the news. Um, and they found that the right to vote can't be limited to just a decent and reasonable citizenry. Mm -hmm. Um, and that the government had used this restriction before to discriminate against people on a basis of color and race, gender, et cetera. Um, and the courts ruled that, um, prisoners could not be banned from voting under the pretext that they were isolated from society with, access to cable television newspapers prisoners could still stay on top of developments and make informed decisions and denying prisoners a right to vote is a blanket punishment but okay so we've established how we feel about it but back to what was happening on the view it seemed like they all kind of felt the same way where a lot of them were like people in prison should not be voting but when you get out of prison and you're like in the progress of uh rehabilitation and and reforming and everything then yes like you are back in society and you're like a member of society this is kind of like what what whoopi's like angle was Mm -hmm. was like then yes you vote and it seemed like they all kind of agreed with that that's where i like don't understand why (laughs) Megan was like so passionately being like, why don't you guys see a problem with this? She kind of like hijacked the narrative of the conversation. If they let this terrorist out because he served his time, he gets his, if he's an American citizen, and it's every, why is your mouth open because like that? Because he, 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 he killed people. Yes, lots of people do this. He's but, a terrorist. But our, I don't agree that if this terrorist well, no, were let out. Well, no, he should not get out. I think he should be given the death penalty. I mean, that's where I'm at with this. So, with people so commit I, acts of I, terror I, on American soil. I Does this include, that. in your mind, domestic terrorists? Also? Yes, terrorism is terror. Yes, of course. And what, what about those of guys course. who shoot just, schools up? I'd like to know like why she feels the way that she does but instead of like saying like why she believes prisoners shouldn't vote mm-hmm. she just took it to a level 11 and I don't actually know like how she arrived to that conclusion yeah. well that's what I'm curious about is like how did it go from just like prisoners to specifically the Boston bomber well, and she was like my i didn't like i didn't wave goodbye to my brother and abby didn't wave goodbye to her brothers to go fight in a war when they were 19 years old just so that the boston bomber could vote in the election abby Abby and i didn't have brothers that served multiple times and i didn't watch my brother deploy when he was 19 to to fight this crap to have them come here and give the the right you you are missing wait no wait hold on let's be realistic here the, qu- the discussion here was if he got out. Yes. That was the discussion. Then I'm against it. It's completely dismissing the nuances yes, of the topic. And yes, and it also, like, implies that um, the other co-hosts, like, don't support troops. Yeah, no, it, it, it's, not, it's not an anti, like, veteran sentiment to be like, I think that people in prison should vote. I just like don't know you know what <laughs> like, I mean yeah like Literally, to bring it to, back to break it down it's like it's not anti-military to say people in prison should be able to vote and then that was it it was off the rails for the rest it of was the off topic. the rails because yeah. then Megan was like mad at Whoopi and Whoopi was like don't hassle me <laughs> hassle back 
<laughs> and then Whoopi was trying to go to commercial. And she started to say, okay, we'll be, and Megan, er, and then Sunny started talking again, and then Megan started talking again. So then Abby and Whoopi shared a glance, and Abby, start, and like kind of smiled, and Abby kind of like started laughing about how Whoopi was trying to go to commercial, and no one would let her go. And then Megan was like, oh, I guess terrorism is funny to you guys. Oh my God. People that are in Maine and in Vermont that are allowed to vote while in prison. Maybe you think terrorism are is you funny. Are you okay with that? I do not. No, you're missing. Don't do that, because Megan. I, don't, because... don't do that because what, what we are chuckling at is I'm trying to get this to he's back behind you like this. And they see me trying to say it and then Sonny started up again and they realized that I wasn't going to get to say we'll be right back with more hot topics. So here's a hot topic. A Texas high school is enforcing a dress code for parents. Why? Because parents are trash. Wait for it. <laughs> because a school, a letter from the principal was posted on the school's website outlining items that parents cannot wear while they are on campus to prepare our children and let them know daily the appropriate attire they are supposed to wear when entering a building, going somewhere applying for a job, or visiting someone outside of the home setting. I'm going to enforce these guidelines. We are preparing our children for the future, and it begins here. Uh, included in the dress code is a ban on satin caps, shower caps, pajamas, hair rollers, leggings, sagging pants, hmm. low-cut tops, and low-rider shorts for parents, not mm-hmm. for students. You are your child's first teacher, the notice states. This is a professional educational environment where we are teaching our children what is right and what is correct or not correct. We value you, but we must ask you to value and follow the rules of the school environment. So I guess too many parents have been dropping their kids off at school Mm -hmm. looking messy. I was like, this sounds weird and fake. Then I imagined Reese Witherspoon like as a angry parent basically like her character from big little lies composing this email being like like complaining about parents wearing like loose pajamas <laughs> and yeah. low-cut tops and i was like oh okay no i get it now like especially in the south someone being like bless her heart she showed up <laughs> in rollers but and then writing an angry email to the school it's in houston the birthplace of beyonce knowles well do you think she's gonna roll up to the school well i don't think tina was dropping her off looking a mess but, uh, matthew probably was <laughs> and honestly beyonce probably was showing up to school looking a mess because she had spent the morning from 5 a.m to 8 a.m running on a treadmill singing scale (laughs) um yeah okay so they were talking about this topic being like is that reasonable and also like who who goes out looking bad and like what's your take sometimes parents are probably like, oh, they work a night shift and they drive their kids to school and they're wearing their like scrubs or like they're, you know what I mean? It's like, it's not a fashion show. Like, what if just it was parent in. teacher and someone came in wearing sweatpants and a tank top and I think that's fine. Dirty hair. As long as they're not in like assless chaps, <laughs> like it's not <laughs> a problem for me. Um, and that wouldn't be a problem for me either. But like on the view, they all were like, 
dress nice. Why are you leaving the house in gross sweatpants? And then Abby brought them back to my reality and was like, yeah, I wear sweatpants. Sometimes I'm dropping the kids off with sweatpants. The other day I was out dropping the kids off or like something. And I noticed a bulge in my pants. <laughs> you know I don't what? Know. Yeah, just two days ago, I was it's walking hard. in sweatpants, and I felt like a, a bulge in the sweatpants, and I and I went down to see what it was. Mm -hmm. It was a ball of toilet paper. See? Like ah. this is like because see? I'm all along with I have a one-year-old, and you can't. She now is jumping on the couch. Yeah. Wait a minute. And so you had that if in I have pants? to if I have to go to the bathroom, I get 20 seconds where I am not watching her, there you and go. I realize just be happy you get you, the kids to wait school. A second. Just didn't make it into the toilet, Just didn't make I guess. It into the toilet. The turlet. And <laughs> it was a great moment. It's a weird story I tell on TV in my Yeah, opinion. but you know what? It lets me know that she's trying. Yeah. She's trying hard. I pulled some Facebook comments to see what people had to say about parents having a dress code while dropping their kids off at school mm -hmm. or whatever the fuck they're doing at school. Why are parents and, there? And what did... Peggy from Wisconsin have to say. Well, actually, Yarrow had to say, um, specifically the principal's letter and policy is that no one is allowed in the school if they are not wearing daytime outerwear clothing, no sleeping clothes or slippers, hair curlers, and other hair covers are considered sleeping garments. That's it. I am a tattooed, covered, brightly colored hair person. I dress in all sorts of fun ways. But I can't find that much fault in the policy. They want parents to be dressed for being awake. Don't wear club wear to school. That is not daytime clothing. It is nighttime clothing. Don't wear beach wear to the school. <laughs> Scantily clawed clothing and swimwear isn't classroom appropriate. If you could not eat at a restaurant because you are scantily clawed or not dressed appropriately... Then it is most likely not appropriate for inside the school. Sure, they want parents yeah, to be professional, <laughs> but don't go as far as demanding suits or any specific style of clothing. The school doesn't want to be considered part of the hygiene aspect of the day by showing respect to your school as you would for a job is teaching your kids to respect. Teach the kids that going to school is what going to work in a career field job. I don't think this goes so far to impede on my rights of artistic expression. Her description of herself made her sound like Grimace from McDonald's. I wanted to interrupt you reading that comment with, the meme I used to use on Deja the Viewpod before people followed it, so they're not going to know, but it's Whoopi saying, you go get a damn job. <laughs> Anyways, Maria logged on to Facebook to say, I think that one of the most important things to do every day is to celebrate my life. I do this every day by get up, shower, <laughs> get dressed properly, underwear. <laughs> Dress with whatever I happen to like for the day. Shorts, pants, <laughs> blouse, shoes or tennis shoes or sandals. In other words, ready for my day. 
whatever happens after this, I am ready. By the time I'm out of the bathroom, I feel ready for a great day. If someone knocks at my door, if I need to to stop at the store or pick my daughter from school, she is an adult. someone knocks at my door if i need to stop at the store or pick up my daughter from school she is an adult she has learned from my example to always dress appropriately no slippers pajamas no hair curls period set the example period (laughs) she is an adult parentheses underwear (laughs) (laughs) and does she live at the store (laughs) Bree would you like to read a comment from Kari I would love to the most flattering to a child is what everyone thinks they have a pretty mom (laughs) my little girl would tell her classmates would tell her that about me so yes, it's so worth putting time into your appearance as it's also putting time towards your child. Mm. Mm. Everyone wants to tell that they have a pretty mom. She just took the opportunity to She's say like, that <laughs> my daughter thinks I'm, I'm pretty. <laughs> Everyone thinks they have a pretty mom, parentheses, underwear. underwear. <laughs> okay, this person's name is Clova. I'm sorry, I'm a nanny, and I agree with Joy. I guess me being a nanny is irrelevant. (laughs) And that's how she became the nanny. (laughs) But I am in a space where kids share their feelings with me. I have to admit that I do get turned off when I see adults in the middle of the day or the morning dressed in items that I feel like should be at left at home. And then Sarah replied, maybe her father died during the night or three of the kids have the flu or she just suffered a miscarriage. People need to learn how to mind their own business. This is like the darkest uh, sequel to Mrs. Doubtfire. Sean, will you read the last comment from Elizabeth? Elizabeth Hasselbeck wrote, As a former teacher and VIEW co-host, I have seen parents arrive at school for conferences in scantily clad, covered tops, leggings that do not complement their body type, etc. It has been embarrassing for me to address these parents about issues concerning their child. I have been in conferences where the parent was more interested in getting the male assistant principal's attention by their clothing than to pay attention to the issues concerning their child is facing. No offense, but like a male assistant principal is gay. Was that part of That was my editorial, sorry. I have also opened the car doors. (laughs) I have also opened the car doors for children to get out for school and been confronted by a mom in lace negligence. (laughs) 
<laughs> what is this desperate housewives there is appropriate clothing for every situation and no one is saying that you have to go out and buy a corporate suit to enter school that's it just ends okay <laughs> no one's saying corporate suit everyone's saying parentheses underwear <laughs> so elizabeth really so why is she opening the car doors for other people and then there's a mom in lace negligee. Well, you know what? If you're opening someone else's car door and the mom's and in, lace in lace negligee. Hey, you know what? Let's celebrate that. She's living a better life than you. <laughs> That's my view. <laughs> and on that note, we need to end this podcast. It's 1.30 a.m. We maybe never should have started in the first place. As Sean said. This is said. our first episode that has crossed border between one day to another day. <laughs> so, um, this podcast is cursed and it's really late at night and I worked a lot this week and I'm tired and I'm not going to take this from you anymore. I have to go. So <laughs> thank you so much for joining us, Sean. Part of so- your job is to listen to me. <laughs> It was so nice to lock the doors and lower the blinds with you guys. And on that note, everyone, oh my goodness, we never say this. Make sure you're following us on Twitter (laughs) at DejaTheViewPod, rate and review us on Apple, and remember to have a great day, everyone, and take a little time to enjoy. Parentheses underwear. (laughs) Now write about that in the New York fucking post. Hit it, Abby.